Three, two, one, and uh, we're live. Everyone, welcome back to Let's Take This Online with me, Digital Who's. Um, special guest we have today, someone I got really excited to connecting with because she's in a realm that I find super fascinating. And one, I hope one day, maybe if I if I if I bring value today, I'd like to get into. Let's see. So we have Sana Zam, who is the founder of Mina Speakers, and I really want to start this off so i want to let's start off with the journey let's, let's start from the the where it all began what did you study in university i'd like to ask my guests this question <laughs> hey awesome happy to be here excited yeah. to be here where did i study what did you study what okay so i also have good news for you a lot okay. of people i've interviewed actually and yeah. we've started working together afterwards oh there you go yeah <laughs> on the audition there you go <laughs> i'm on the spot now uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I studied in Sweden at Stockholm School of Union, uh, Economics. Okay. okay. Um, yeah, that's where I was raised. Economics. Yeah. Can't you see my blonde hair, yeah. blue eyes? <laughs> I'm uh, originally, so I'm Palestinian. Okay, where born about? In, well, born in Germany, raised in Sweden. With the families from where in Palestine? Northern Pal- Palestine. Okay, fine. My grandmother was from Nablus. Ah, Nablus is gorgeous. Never been there, sadly. Uh, yeah, I was there. I'd love to go one day. It's something to see. It's one uh, of the coolest destinations ever. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. All right, cool. So we study economics. I did. Why economics? Or just uh, the logical thing at the time? It was more opportunity than okay. anything else. So I was actually studying political science. Mm. I didn't really enjoy it that much. And then I got involved into like a psychology course. Okay. Which was in line of with my passion, all of that. Mm-hmm. But then you get that one letter, you know, when you've applied to the top universities, yeah. and then it's like the number one. You didn't really, you're like, nah, it's you know, the Oxford, the Harvard. Mm. It would be wonderful, but I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then it, I got that response, like, hey, you've made it. Uh, what is it? Like ten percent of all applicants get enrolled. Interesting. And it's just like the most prestigious place. So it was a very Okay, let's go. I'm doing this. <laughs> Were you ever into like math or anything like that in school? Absolutely not. I really okay. struggled with economics and maths. <laughs> Fair enough. There you go. <laughs> but if there is a will, there is a way. And if you have good, encouraging Palestinian parents, you're going to make it. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. Were your parents ever pushing you into that standard Arab thing where architect, engineer, kind of thing? No. Not really. Their only requirement was uh, get a degree. Full mm. stop. Okay. Uh, and they will be, if you get good grades, they're lenient with you. If you get bad grades, okay. you're going to stay at home. <laughs> you know what was really interesting because we're on the topic is I have started moving away from traditional mainstream education. I don't know if it's the right path for everyone. Ooh. Because every single guest I spoke to, every single one, yeah. well, every, no, let's, not, let's not generalize, like yeah. n- like 90% of them. Yeah. I think I've recorded 20 plus episodes now. Cool. Most of them did not end up doing what they studied university, including myself. Yeah. So I started off as engineer. Nice. First semester. Yeah. Did marketing for three. Did master's degree in marketing. Got into media. Relearned everything from scratch. Awesome. So my master's degree in marketing has done not much for me in in, in life, for, I, except except a student loan. Still have that one going. Uh, that was a fun one. Uh, I mean, so 2019 and the year is moving forward. Mm. If university is learning how to learn. Sure. And that's invaluable. Uh, and the network you get, okay, network, sure. You'll always get a network wherever you mm-hmm. are if you talk to people. But I think ultimately it's about learning how to learn. You think and, so? and being 
growth oriented yeah that's what it's that's what it taught me for me i always wondered if i just took that money and then traveled the world and got life experience if that if that if i if i wonder what the outcome would be i sometimes i wonder about every now and then the what if i'm with you so i think uh, no i'm very grateful for the education Mm. and the tough education i had it taught me resilience okay fair managing through something that you don't really love but saying you know what let's look at the bigger picture Mm. I think that's incredible. I mean, you see a lot of people are like, oh, I don't like my job. And then the whole, there's a mantra of quit, pursue your passion. Well, actually, there is another solution, which is, yes, pursue your passion outside of your responsibilities, but Mm. do and pursue your responsibilities properly, responsibly. (laughs) Yeah. I completely agree with that. For example, people who don't like their job, and I'm like, all right, cool. Do your job till six. Yeah. And then go do your passion from seven to 12. For sure. And then you have Friday, Saturday. Yeah. And then until that passion becomes a sustainable income, then switch. Absolutely. That's how I kind of look at it. Absolutely. Just because I know how being broke is and no, I don't wish anyone being broke. No way. And uh, pay your bills. Oh my God, for sure. Pay your bills. For, for sure. sure. All right, cool. Uh, sorry about the tangent. Let's go. go. <laughs> so we're done with economics. Yeah. We did well in school? You know what? Any I made. I made it. <laughs> Any merits? Fair enough. Yeah, I actually, and this is really funny. I won an award. Did you? Okay. Yeah. So I was second runner up in a national uh, economist in sweden like a student the whole country the whole country oh wow and then i got first run yeah, for someone who was not very good at economics in I the first place insane. <laughs> <laughs> and then i won the female economist of the year oh wow okay yeah so that's a super cool it, it is award to have. it was really wonderful i'm sure it is <laughs> especially considering how much i cried through parts of university <laughs> i'm sure <laughs> To get that, that was awesome, and that really kind of set the trajectory for mm. my career, my path moving forward. Interesting. All right, cool. Where's the first job out of university? I've always been working. Okay, even throughout university. Throughout university, what were you doing prior? Cool. High school, prior. I've always. What enjoyed. was your first job you remember? Uh, oh my goodness. Okay, so I worked as a waitress. Okay. For a summer. Okay. When I was fourteen. And because the, you wanted to, or you, your parents told you you should work, or it was just your own drive? Overachiever. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I really liked it. You're one of those that makes the rest of us feel <laughs> unproductive, aren't you? No, I just like, I like learning. It's, fair, it's fair. fun. It is fun to learn. But waitressing is not for me. Okay, I didn't make it very long in that career. Okay. <laughs> but at least you, you tried. Okay, what other kind of jobs did you have? Kind of odd jobs? Uh, I, I worked for a 7-Eleven for a while. Mm. Um... Oh, yeah, I joined Greenpeace uh, trying to recruit people. Was that a paid job, though? It was a paid job. You get a commission for everyone that joins the movement and supports How many people did you get? I lasted a day. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, at least you're trying different things. Oh, my God, for sure. It's just a curiosity. Like, what am I going to do? So I did a bunch of different things when I was a teenager. And then my first job at university, like what's the first proper job? Mm. Um, I was uh, working as a summer intern at a bank in Sweden. Okay. Do you like banks? I like learning. Like, I like achieving. That's a no. <laughs> I mean, if we fast forward, you're going to get why that's not a hard yes. <laughs> okay. Because I, I, I interned at a bank and it was horrible. I ah. hated banks. Banks are not for me. It's not, it's not for me. I get that. It's a very institutional place. It's And they pay you good money, but that's the price they pay for you to kind of silence your soul. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I did banking for a while, quite a few years. Like, I worked as a gold trader as well, like physical mm. gold trader, supplying central banks with their bullion. Interesting. That was fun. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. 
and even up until should i fast forward or do we want to we can do whatever we want okay we can go back and forth we can time travel (laughs) that's true um even before setting up this business i was working for a danish bank here in dubai in dfc and uh, loved it was one of their global high performers all of that uh, rewarded handsomely but then i knew that there was something that wasn't exactly what i loved about mm. the job and that feeling was there for about a year and the analogy that i talk about is usually like a, it's like having a blister mm. um and you can walk you can function everything's fine but it's hurting a little bit yeah I agree. a little bit a little bit and then at some point you're like i just can't deal with this mm. like i'm not in the right place let's honor my truth myself and do something that's more in line with who i am and bada bing bada boom i left <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but you made it all the way to Dubai before you left before you left that realm. Sure. What brought you to Dubai in the first place from Sweden? Uh, the sun. So it was kind of, I knew I wanted to uh, move away from Sweden. Okay. Because, uh, you know, it's a small country. Yeah. Do you feel you stagnated? I feel like I had done a lot and it was time for me to venture mm. out into the world. Yeah. And so it was either to the States, I got a job offer in the States and then I got a job, job offer here in Dubai. And I was like, okay, my Arabic heritage, it's tax-free, there is sun. Well, obviously, <laughs> I'm coming here. <laughs> More sun than you expected, isn't it? <laughs> it was a lot of vitamin D. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so then I came over here. Working in bank, another bank. That's when I was doing gold yeah. trading. How long did you, so when did you arrive in Dubai? What year was it? About 2011. Okay, and then you said, what, three years you said in the bank? Years? So I did one year with the gold house. I got head on into the bank mm. and then I worked there three years mm-hmm. and then the shackles. Right. So, 20, <laughs> so like 2015 almost. Yeah. All right, cool. Then why, why the whole speaking realm? Yeah. Well, how did, how did you come into that realm? Cool. So, you know, when I told you I won this award, yes. the female economist of the year. You had to give a speech? I really did. Okay. And it was like. Was that was, your first bout of speaking? It was, and it was like one of these from the heart. Like, Were you oh afraid? My God. Uh, been nervous for many years. I still get nervous. With that first one. Fear is not the word I would use. I'd say nerves. Okay, so you never had like full on stage fright, was it? No, you know when you like puke right before. <laughs> does that qualify? <laughs> I've never done that, so I think it does. I think it does. <laughs> uh, your knees are shaking or you're blackout. Um, and I knew that that's kind of the feeling I would encounter. So I'd rehearse the speech so much that if you'd wake me up at 4 a.m., I would just go on autopilot. Okay. <laughs> and inspire. That was like, yeah, okay, that's where I'm enough. heading with this. So when I won that award, um, we got a lot of press coverage. Mm. I was like in magazines. It was nice. And then I get that call of, hey, we read about you. Do you want to come and speak at our conference? Mm. Which is quite a common phenomenon here sure. for anybody who's getting kind of press coverage. Um, this was in Sweden, so I was like, okay, let's do it. Mm. <laughs> no problems. Um, I wrote a speech and they kind of gave me carte blanche, like I could talk about whatever I wanted. Okay. Did it. Uh, obviously blacked out, super nervous, all of that, but I still did my speech. Like I yeah. did a good job. Step off stage, lady comes up to me and she's like, hey, I want the same one. We'll pay you this much. It's not much of a budget, but are you ready to oh, do so it? Oh, so you got your paid gig right there. Right after. Right That's after. pretty interesting. Yeah, that's awesome. That, that, is, was that awesome. is pretty awesome. <laughs> I'm sure you, you must have felt awesome in the moment. You must have been like, all right, even though I kind of blacked out, I guess it went well. Like, what is this? You know, you're paying me to speak. That's just so nuts. Like, I didn't really know that that's a career you could pursue. Yeah. 
So then one thing led to another. All of a sudden, I was touring Northern Europe as a speaker, mm. uh, working once or twice a month, making really good money. Yeah. Um, just delivering speeches, traveling. Interesting. It was fun, but it also wasn't really in line with this whole overachiever. Like back in the days, I thought that you have to work really hard and kind of um, be in pain in order to succeed. Mm. Does that make sense? You know, the way like I got my... Bit of suffering? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, what it, David, that's what David Goggins thinks. Have you read David Goggins? No, tell me who. Uh, can't, it can't hurt me. Um, I talk about a lot. I'm sure people are going to get sick of me talking about this guy. But he, he, his book was really impactful on me. He's, he was like 400 pounds, uh, couldn't get into the military. He wanted to do, get into Navy SEALs, couldn't get into that. One day he's killing cockroaches for a living. And he oh. ends up, I'm going to change my life. And he does it and he loses so much weight. And, and then yeah. you know, he became an ultra marathon runner. And then oh, broke nice. a ton. Like, and, but he, his life is all about suffering. Yeah. To to succeed, you have to suffer, and he yeah. loves to suffer. And yeah. his life is a huge, big suffering. Like he's got beat by his dad. Crazy story. Wow. And the guy really made it. And he's like a motivational speaker, ultra marathon runner. Uh, the guy's his book is really good. Nice. It, it's quite. I recommend it to everyone. I did. I did an audiobook of it, which I think is interesting because he reads it and him and his friend. And it was funny enough. They do a different audiobook. Is every chapter they'll do like a little podcast. Oh, no way. Between the chapters, okay. so it's like a podcast audiobook. It's it's awesome. Definitely recommend it. But his thing's all about suffering. Nice. Okay. I think a lot of people can connect with that. Yeah. That's not my truth anymore. Like, yeah. I don't think you have to. You can have growth and without success suffering. without suffering and do it in flowing glow. I I hope no one has suffered. Suffering <gasps> can be the, suffering can be hard. On I'm the, with you, but it's also the, character building. Sure. Right. It depends on the person. Yes, of course, but once you've managed through it, you've come through the other side, mm. and you know you have that in your uh, luggage, you know, sure. in the repertoire. I'm just saying it's difficult because I, I went through it. I suffered in my late 20s to get to the person I am today, to a lot of self-reflection, four or five years of grueling self-reflection, yeah. hitting rock bottom, and I got out of it, and I'm, I think the person I am today would be very thankful for the process, but I always tell people, if, if you can go talk to someone, if there's an easier way, do it. It's, it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy at all. So for me, it's like if there's an easier way you can do it. If there's a, if there's, a, I wish I spoke to a professional. Maybe I should have. I didn't. Maybe yeah. ego stopped me too. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I wish I did. It probably would have done it in a shorter time. Nice. Took four or five years. It was tough. And I get that. Um, kind of related, but on a tangent. One of my favorite quotes comes from Rumi, mm. and he says, "You have to keep breaking your heart till it opens." Mm. And that's it's kind of the same thing. Like you have to peel the layers of the ego and the conditioning sure. and unlearn in order for you to kind of be like, okay, yeah, this is who I am. This is what I want. This is what I'm willing to do. Mm. By upbringing, society, all of that. You know, so I, I think I'm sure it's super healthy for you. Painful, but healthy. Sure. Look at you now, Michelle. Yeah. Looking great. <laughs> do, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Still a long way to go, but I'm enjoying the process, which I think okay. is important. You got to enjoy the process. I used to not enjoy the process. I used to always care about the end result. Now, I, I love the process. For me, the end result will come. Yeah. You got to enjoy that process. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got to enjoy the up and down. You got to enjoy that. But it took a while. Yeah. Anyway, um, so so we're, we left the bank. We're on yeah. our own now. Yeah. Again, why why did you did you realize there's a, there's, a, there's a niche in the market no one's tapping into? Is that kind of it? Or kind of like, I love, I enjoyed speaking. I want to help other speakers. Let's make this happen. How did you kind of formulate? Mm. Wasn't the idea exactly like that it was more along the lines of so just before i left the, the bank and mm. resigned and because i was front office you, when you resign you have to leave immediately because you're client facing right oh there's no like one month no, period no, okay no. you leave you leave yeah so uh just before i'd done this leadership course mm. 
thinking it was leadership, but it turns out to be like an NLP. It was closer to life coaching than anything else. Okay. In their redone exercise. Okay. This exercise about finding out your values, who you are. And in that exercise, I realized that I wasn't living close to my values. Hmm. Uh, I'm all about like lifting other people, altruism, sure. helping others. And I'm like, how close am I? Are you intrinsically yeah. altruistic? Uh, intrinsically altruistic. I care for others. I'm driven okay. by helping others. It's naturally in you. I would say so. Okay, fine. Are you empathetic, you'd say? Yes. Cool. Natural as well? I would say Or learned so. skill? Oh, these are like hard questions. I don't I, know. Let I, me get back to my therapist and see what they say. Because I, I, like I like to relate to people like you because I meet with so many different people where I met with people who are naturally yeah. empathetic, like my wife. Yeah. And I am naturally not empathetic. I never learned. I never. So I have to. I had to learn it. I'm with you. So I always like to see. I always like to wonder is how people learned versus born with it. So this is interesting that you bring it up. And this is something I've been thinking about a lot mm. lately. Because here's the thing. I. My first reaction is I love everyone to approve and wrong. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? So whoever I meet, stranger or whoever it is, it's like my go-to is you're my best friend. I trust you. I believe in you. That's my default. Mm -hmm. And then if I see enough patterns of you not fulfilling your end of the bargain or doing stuff that are mm -hmm. you know not cool, that's when I'll reconsider. Mm. However, in business, uh, I'm incredibly goal-oriented sure. as opposed to people-oriented sure. as my first and so that means that empathy has, it comes as a second consideration. Okay. I have to proactively bring that into the equation mm -hmm. when I'm working on a project or we have a deadline or we're working towards a goal to bring the team along. And typical of that characteristic is that you can all start at the start line together, mm -hmm. but because you're goal oriented, you're, that person can move so much further, quicker than with everyone else. Sure. And you know this African proverb, like if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. I don't know. It's a good proverb. <laughs> yeah. And so this is kind of, that's where I have to learn okay. to bring people along just like you. But then my, my value system loves humans. Mm. Interesting. I'm, 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 I'm really enjoying this topic lately. I had, you know Mimi Nicklin, who's the MD of rap? Should I? No. Just okay. wondering if you guys ever crossed paths. She was yeah. really interesting. Uh, she comes from a creative background, but she's huge on em empathy. Mm -hmm. And we had a, we had an awesome conversation. She was naturally empathetic. I am naturally not empathetic. And we were yeah. we were having a conversation. She's actually writing a book about it. I was just wondering if you guys ever crossed paths. I'm really, I'm really excited for a book. Introduce. Yeah, I'm really excited <laughs> for a book. It should come out next next year, she said. Good. Early next year. Good. I'm really looking forward to it. So hopefully we'll get it. Because the whole empathy thing is a very fascinating subject. Engineers, to generalize here, are more process oriented. Their mm -hmm. mind would be geared more towards the process sure. and perfecting it than to actually have a human, natural human orientation. Mm. Okay. So again, let's go to the subject. <laughs> why, why did we go into? Why did we think that speaking was the the place, the thing to create? Right. So, uh, having been a speaker myself. Mm -hmm had an agency in Europe that represented me. And then coming here and not finding an agency, there was a gap on the market. That was a second. Or my primary was how can I set up a business that's in line with my values? Mm. And that's something that came up after I had resigned. So I had to move quickly. Oh, okay, wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay, fine. I had to move very quickly. You know when you resign and it's like the first day, yes, you're feeling kind of liberated. Yeah. It's after, the weekend after where you're like, oh, it's Sunday. Everyone's going to work. Mm. What do I do? And that's where I had some fire just to okay, get how, going. So how long did it take you think to, to formulate the whole thing? 
at the speed of light. Like days? We're talking days. Within oh, two wow. weeks, I had my first deal. Oh, wow. That's super uh, quick. Within a month, I had like one of these milestone deals that I still cherish today. Yeah. So uh, we were, you know, we hosted an event with the ex-president of South Africa. Okay. That was like the first event <laughs> within a month. Are we talking about Nelson Mandela? Uh, ex-president after Nelson Mandela. Oh, okay, so fine. the one that followed him. His name is Tabo Mbeki. Oh, okay, I don't know. Yeah, so okay. the second post-democratic president. That was like, it was insane. That's you know? crazy. So that for me was an absolute sign. You're on the right path. Things are happening. Mm. You're in flow. It wasn't like I called him. I didn't know the guy. <laughs> called like his PR or something? <laughs> yeah, no, I did not. It just literally just came and landed on my lap from a friend that called me. I think you're doing something new that's related to speakers. Right? Interesting. It's like, yeah. And this is where I think it's like the universe is supporting you. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. So, quite, did you did you start on your own? Did you have a partner? Completely nah, on your own? the bootstrapped it all the way. Cool. Um, did you, was the name originally Mina Speakers always? It was, but the logo changed a couple of times. Right, fair enough. In the first was few it, months, was it just you at the beginning? Were you the only speaker on the roster at the beginning? For sure. <laughs> <laughs> and then I had some some friends, so I could pull my network. Um, okay. The first sixteen speakers were like my friends. Okay. And one of the I don't know if you know Omar Al Busaidi. No. He's the superstar, the local guy here, and he's just he's been such a tremendous support as well. Mm. Uh, he joined, and he was like, "Yeah, you should do this." Interesting. So my my social support system was was quite strong. Do uh, you set up the event itself, or you kind of work within the event planner who's looking for a speaker for the event, or yeah. both? Yeah, generally speaking, we're supporting event managers. Okay, fine. So you don't speakers. you don't set up the event yourself? No. How come you never want to get into that realm? Is it just a, it's just another layer of complication you didn't want? Uh, there are a lot of event managers. We're happy to supply them yeah. with speakers and really specialize in this niche. Niche is good. I know. It is. I'm just yeah. wondering. Yeah. No, I'm really passionate about dealing with all these intellectuals. I love it. Mm. Um, and most of them are business rock stars. They're not the celebrity rock stars, you know? Yeah. Um, so constantly being surrounded by this type of thought leadership is awesome. Yeah. I'm learning all the time. For sure. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm just a person. Yeah, and I think that's probably—I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know. I haven't, yeah. I haven't decided yet. Yeah, but I, if I do a business or anything, I need to do everything. You get what I mean? Yes. That's what I think. Like for example, I'm gonna ah. do like this. So if let's say I, I say I want to do digital media consulting one day. Yeah. I'm not gonna just do digital media. I'm gonna do PR. I'm, I'm gonna do social. You. It's just because how I am. Because then I go, I go. If I don't do this one, yeah. I don't know if someone else will do it as good. Yeah. I don't know if the quality will come back to my clients. So I need to do it. That's just how I think. But I'm. Uh-huh. I'm slowly changing because I realize, especially one in my professional career, as I go into more managerial roles, yeah. I have to start pulling that, pushing, delegating, and working with someone else and trusting people. Yeah, and that goes against my nature. So I don't know. Yeah. So that's what, for example, when you say like, okay, we we, we provide speakers, I'll be go, oh, it makes sense. Why don't you just do events too? Mm-hmm. It's a whole different. Ball it's game. a whole different ball game. That's so, that's my thing, right? A jack of all trades, master of none. True. Yeah. Yeah. And I've resisted. Trust me, I've been tempted so many times. Mm. Can you do this? Can you procure our agenda? Can you create this? Can you do that yeah. all the time? Can you find us hostesses and whatnot? No, I will gladly refer you to my friends. They can do that for you. But mm. We don't. This is what we do. This is what we specialize in. And it's hard not to take the bait because especially, you know, those other fields, it's big ticket sites, good mm. money, all of that. But uh, we always go back to the drawing board. What's our mission? What's mm. our goal? What do we yeah. want to do? Resist the urge. Stay, stay so say track. no. Yeah, yeah. On, yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. I think that's maybe a skill I need to learn. Work on it. Um, so basically, your job then is to 
so I, I would assume you have two kind of verticals you go is find the speakers, mm-hmm. screen them, sign them on. Yeah. Okay. And then, then find the event to push them to, or, or you don't even look, you don't, you don't proactively go after the events. They come to you or a bit of both. So we've structured things in a way that we don't chase the market. Okay, fine. Market we, comes to you. Yes. Cool. So your focus is getting on getting the right speaker. Absolutely. How do you, I want to get into this topic and I hope I'm not offensive about it. <laughs> Okay. I th- I don't know if this is something that you, I don't know if you could say, I don't know I'm just gonna I'm gonna throw I'm go gonna, for it I'm gonna I'm gonna go All for right, it I'm gonna go it. for it yeah I from from the speakers I've I've interacted with in my professional life because I had to I had to hire and stuff like that for for my company I don't know how much talent there is in the region because I think now speaking is a very cool thing to do mm-hmm. maybe it wasn't cool 10 15 years ago but it's cool now. Mm-hmm. Every, and everyone's a speaker and everyone's a coach and everyone does an LP and everyone yes. does motivational cool how I don't know what the percentage is but I just feel that I, I'm, I'm worried that we're the market's getting diluted a bit mm-hmm. and it's hard to find the talent okay. and I'm saying this from my very very small experience yeah um, I would say the whole Middle East and okay. we've been looking for talent in okay, the fine. whole Middle East so it's not, so, not just me then no no not like that not okay. in that sense so you'll find that there is a lot of great content. There are some serious experts out there, mm. like the PhDs, the doctors, the CEOs, the mm. founders, the storytellers, people that really mastered their topic. But then they might be lacking speaking skills, charisma on stage, or they might be lacking good brand, uh, packaging, sure. personal brand. I when, found the other way is a problem. I find people who are great on stage, great brand. They love to sell themselves, but the content is weak. Ah, should have come to us. I should have. <laughs> I really should have. I didn't know you guys existed. So <laughs> so within five minutes, you'll find an option. And this is where we're really working closely with the market. Mm. Because at the end of the day, you're right. I mean, I sit in the same position where a lot of people uh, will reach out to me and directly or indirectly uh, audition. Mm-hmm. And so if I hear one more Tony Robbins copycat. You'll lose it. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's, so. Uh, that's, what, that's what always gets me about people is don't be the second whatever don't be the second tony don't be the second gary because there's not going to be any one of them again be the first of you absolutely and there is there is market space for you oh for sure but but then going and being yet another you know person that's imitating these uh motivational speakers it's dull and the thing is our ears have already heard them Mm. so i'll hear the expressions when somebody's speaking i'm like well i know this quote i can finish that sentence i've seen it all heard it all yeah so why don't you dig deeper within yourself to bring out your own narrative sure and then find an angle 100 that's new i mean it's good to get motivated by other speakers sure yeah that's good for example gary v motivated me a lot uh, what's it called david gogg has motivated me a lot a lot yeah. of people have motivated me yeah but i'm making it my own yes their motivation helps me to shape my story okay and i think that's okay yeah i mean we're also talking about they've surely educated you especially you mentioned gary v he has a lot of content on how to sure go about and doing it so uh, i want to differentiate that i mean you have educational you have motivational inspirational transformational mm-hmm. speakers sure there's a whole category of different Definitely. speakers but you know we will jump we'll just put them all and say motivation but i'm with you but they're giving you tools on how to move sure. forward next yeah those people kind of made it made me feel that it's okay to talk about my emotions. It's okay to talk about my lack of empathy. Sure. I think I think I needed, I kind of needed the okay. Yeah. Because especially yeah. coming from Arab culture, we're not supposed to talk about feelings. You don't yeah. talk about, you don't talk yeah. about these things. It's yeah. just you don't. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think then 
I think our gen- my generation, our generation is quite special like that. Is because we're between the baby boomers and we're between the Gen Z kind yeah, of thing, right? Yeah, yeah. And baby boomers are very stern, unemotional, and you have the Gen Z who are super authentic and very emotional, and we're like a bit in the middle. And I think this is, I think that's why our generation is is special in a way, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So that's why you see a lot. That's why when I see my friends and and people who are within my my realm, I see them at an older age. They change. Yes. Our parents, our fathers, I'm sure. My father's become cuddlier over yeah. the years. It's like, seriously? That's <laughs> sweet. You know, yeah. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's been quite interesting. So, I do get motivation from these kind of people, but I'm just trying to find my... Yeah. And I think... My, you're, my narrative. You're... I mean, so the female revolution has happened sure. quite silently and discreetly. Mm-hmm. Uh, where all of a sudden, you know, we got voting rights. We got rights to exist with our, <laughs> independently, sure. work, all of that. Um, and then I question if the male revolution has actually happened and we're kind of there. It's happening as mm. we're speaking, where you are allowed to go on paternity leave without being shamed, express your feelings, mm. being vulnerable. Why is men crying still such a big taboo? It's just a feeling. Right. So I'm, I'm really excited and hopeful that the male revolution will move forward mm-hmm. and hopefully at a quicker pace. Hopefully. I think we're in a... I don't, someone someone spoke told me i think it was one of my one of my guests oh yeah it was um asma mm-hmm. lemnier you know her she's also a speaker she's awesome she was talking about how she looks at it as not a a like a conflict she kind of looks at it all as a correction she was i like her wor- usage of the word correction and i've been kind of using that too sorry asma. Mm-hmm. is that uh <laughs> i think we're undergoing especially what's going on in the states and europe and everything it's, i think it's a natural evolution to get us to where we need to get. So we're, I think we're, the world is correcting nice. on many levels. Yeah. That's why I'm kind of looking at it before. Yeah. Before I would look at it very negatively, being like, no, no, this is all, you know, it's just a revolution. It's gonna, I think it's a, a correction that we all need to get to. Mm. That's why I kind of look at it. Mm. I like that expression. Yeah. I, feel, I feel it's a lot more positive. Yeah. 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 All right, cool. So how do you, do you interview every single speaker that you guys, or do you screen them yourself or do you have a team who screens it? How, how does the process work? So you, uh, before I get there, mm-hmm. do so does someone apply, or do you, or you guys also pursue or both? Okay, so <laughs> in the first three years of being in business, which mm. is we're going on three and a half, <coughs> four shortly. Awesome. Um, I was in a place where actually having some form of auditions, mm-hmm. so that see people speak, um, or I would meet up with them, hear all their thoughts, stress test them through their thoughts, and then evaluate and audit their marketing collateral, their positioning, the way they're packaging themselves, because that's just as important. Mm -hmm. And then uh, saying no to quite a lot of people Mm -hmm. for various reasons. So that experience actually became very taxing. Sure. It was a lot of no's. It was nine no's for everyone, yes. Um, It's not not better than being too lenient? Yes and, right? Okay. <laughs> Improv here. Yes okay. and. But I think the market is also moving. We are seeing a democratization of so many different things. Okay. Uh, in the sense that... Uh, so let's say you're this cool kid that has an amazing story, amazing mm. narrative, but you've just not been groomed enough. Like you haven't had any public speaking training. Nobody's spoken to you about your personal brand. Nobody's educated you about, yeah, open up your accounts, have this slogan, have dress mm-hmm. like that, do that. It's just an informational thing. Sure. But we see that the raw talent is there. And so some of them we took under our wings and we saw them very quickly. And become. cultivated the, yes. those skills? Yes. Okay. 
Um, we had tremendous results and now we're like sending them on international speaking engagements. That's cool. But then there's only so much that we can do, right? For so sure. time became a limitation. So then we said, you know what, let's open up the market and create a marketplace so that the market speaks and responds on your behalf as opposed to us always doing it. Okay. Um, so we set up a, a Going website. very democratic with it. Yes, very. Very capitalistic, okay. Uh, not really. No? I wouldn't say Ca- capitalistic. Not capitalistic as in let the market decide. Yes. Yes. Instead of being a governing body. Yeah. And then it also communicates something. So we set up a website called knowwhomarket.com. Okay. So, and it comes from, do you know who can talk about? Mm. And yes, I know who. <laughs> yeah. So we, then we set up the website and then anybody that came our way, we say, you know what? Register your details there. We want your headshot, your bio, your testimonials, your experience, your videos, your pictures. And then they'll go, well, I don't have a headshot, a bio. <laughs> and they went through the whole list. We'll get them done then. Exactly. So instead of we're having a conversation one by one, we're educating the market in a much quicker manner. From there, we've had some really cool people come out, uh, which, you know, I would have historically said no to. But we're like, okay, this is a great town. We can actually use them. Mm. We can work together. They have a voice. They're just on the right trajectory. We just need to keep pushing them forward. And the whole idea is if you look at the West and Europe, the U.S., you'll have thousands of speakers. Tens of thousands, probably. Middle East does not. The Mm. whole MENA region does not. We're talking about, (laughs) at best, a thousand, two thousand that yeah. are in a dec- in decent shape to be mm. out there and speaking. Yes. Um, and so we want to increase that number. We want to export more Arab voices to the world. We want to showcase that there is talent here. Because, you know, as the news around the rest of the world, it doesn't look so positive all the time no. about this region. No, it's not. Yeah. So we want to say, you know what? There is a renaissance movement here. We have some really cool, smart people. Yeah. Yeah, just like yourself, Hassan. Myself? <laughs> oh, don't flatter me now. You should see a smile right now. Don't flatter me now. <laughs> I, oh, I've i been thinking about it. But the thing is, I, I go like this. Yeah. So I kind of think about it. I don't know if it's over humility, whatever it is. I don't think I have anything to say. I don't think I'm special enough. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a person, I don't like speaking for the sake of speaking, just in general. When I open yes. my mouth, I try to say, I try to bring value out of my mouth. Yes. Right? So I, I feel that I don't like... I don't. I don't feel I could go up there and deli- and give value enough for people. Mm-hmm. So I choose panels over keynotes. Okay. So I've done panels. I enjoy panels. Why? Because I like to have a dialogue. I feel me going up there. I'm just like I want to listen to me. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm, interesting. So I like panels. But not, this is your negative self-talk. Think so? Yeah. I think it's over humility. Yeah, uh, I, I straight up think that's the case. And you know what's so so interesting? You can get trained. Go yeah. and work with a coach. 12, 13 hours, you're going to have a sure. signature keynote speech. You're going to have somebody who says, don't use this. Maybe use this instead mm. and, and do the whole, so what? Don't, you know, don't cut enough content. Help you with your speaking charisma and all of that. The good news is that you're up on panels doing it. At least you're saying. I enjoy panels. Good. Because I like discourse, which is why I did the podcast. I like, yeah, I, li- yeah. I did the podcast. I like to sit down. I love to debate. Yeah. And I also like to, I'm also a person, I like to wing it. Yeah, I don't uh, like. For me, speech is a problem because then I, I, if I rehearse, I become I become monotonous, I become robotic, and I'm like, oh, that's not that's not why I'm. I like to just like wing it. These are all just limiting beliefs. I think so. This is having worked with hundreds of people and actually so? trained them from being complete novices mm. to where they are now. Because I'm sometimes I'm worried 
with the because I used to be on a different side of the coin. I used to be super egotistical with no content, and now I feel that I'm very humble with lots of content. And I think that I'm going over. I, I think I'm going over with the humility. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm doing it on purpose. Well, just get again. Get the coach. I'm an ex- I'm an extreme person. As you can see, <laughs> I don't do any, I don't do anything in 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 small doses. Either all in or not. This is how well, I. Am. I like that you're you're critical. Uh, I'm trying to be self-critical, and then that you have that quality assurance mentality. Yeah, that's what it's communicating to me. Yeah, um, but then you know, if one day, knock on wood, you know, this this podcast goes also global, then it becomes a rite of passage for you to be invited on stages. Sure. For me, is uh, I always ask, I always I try to get panels in my field in digital because I feel I'm I've de- developed enough knowledge to be able to actually give value in a form of a conversation. Yeah, so that's what I do. Yes, and I enjoy it. So. It would be very awkward if you're going to go and start talking about supply chain management. Sure. Because your background doesn't lend the credit no, to do that or your know-how and all that. So obviously, so I'm going to go back to something which I absolutely love talking about. And this is Ikigai. Mm. You know, the Japanese concept, the reason for being. Okay. Doing what you love, what the market needs, uh, what they're willing to pay for, and what you're good at. Mm. Yeah, so it needs to be within your realm of passion and a place where the market actually has a demand for it. Mm. And I've been in situations where some speakers say, hey, I want to talk about relationships, for example. Mm. I go, oh, great. Are you married? No. Do you have a partner? No. Hmm. Are you divorced? No. What? So what what kind of value do you have about relationships? Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, you have to be kind of at the intersection of of these things. You have to be realistic of what you can give. Sure. What value you have. Sure. And look at where Gary Vee started. He was talking about beverages. Yeah, his dad's liquor business. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then look at where he is now. So he did that. Then he moved into marketing. Sure. And now he's talking about life because he's been, he's earned mm. that stage. Um, and so I think starting with a niche topic with something that you're really good at is a great way to start. Yeah. And then building out. But then starting to talk about life when you're 20 something and you're going to teach people about, you know, motivation leadership Mm. whatever it may be and you haven't been in that position well now we're having a congruence issue yeah yeah so that's not going to be particularly well received yeah Uh, i've been i've been writing my i've been writing out my story with Mm -hmm. every every everything every event that happens in my life i kind of write it Mm -hmm. because i i do think i don't think I've, i've got i had a harder time than most people i didn't i had a good life but I think I think the emotions and the feelings and stuff like that that, that I was not able to translate growing up. I'm understanding now, so I try to. Help. So I, with my immediate close friends, I'll be like, "All right, cool. Listen, I've been I've been there. You know, I've been I've been frustrated. Where I take out my emotions. Okay, cool. Have you tried this? I tried doing that. Have you tried that? And I'm, I, for me, that's I care about help. I care about helping people. I really do. I have an intrinsic nature. Nice. I think I love to help people, especially people who are very close to me. For example, journaling was very important for me. Yeah. I just keep my emotions hidden. The second I started jur- journaling, my emotions came out. And I stopped erupting and yelling at people randomly and getting really angry. Oh. So that for me was a great thing. So I try to tell people, hey, I can see that you have some anger and stuff. I used to be just like you. Yeah, yeah. Try journaling. Yeah, sure. For example. Sure. So I, I always try to take from my life example because I feel like I've done it all in terms of like the dumb decisions. I've done, I've done so many dumb decisions in life. <laughs> Made every wrong call. Whatever you want, I've done it, right? So every, you know, all the bad things in life you could do, I've done it. So I'm like, why not? Now I know the mistakes I did. Why not try to help others? But I feel that I, I, I still want to accomplish more. I don't think I have the ROI yet. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, I mean, a media point of kind of view. Sure. I want to get the ROI. 
Yeah. All right. The, the, the actual shows. Okay, cool. Even though I went through all that, I've achieved X, Y, and Z. You can as well. Yeah. All right, cool. So I focus on media because that's, that's something that I learned. That's easy for me. I, I love it. It's my passion. So I focus there and I love, I love panels. Okay. So I want to sit down against someone else and have a debate. And okay. If you're happy with that, you're happy with yeah. that, right? Um, it, so from a skill set perspective, yes, you have to be skilled to be able to manage a panel, speak sure. fluently and all of that. And then it next you know level is having uh, a short speech. And then mm. the highest level is to be an opening keynote speaker. Mm. That sets the tone for sure. a conference. And so there's a hierarchy there. Not everyone needs to be CEO, but you can be no manager, you mm. know, director. So there are levels and it has to be, if you're interested, there is a solution. Sure. <laughs> there is a journey. There is, we've deconstructed that path so many times. Mm. It's, we're not inventing the wheel here. Sure. So if you want to do that, of course, you have the ability to do that. Get the right support, get the expertise. Mm. And then you, inshallah, you know, with the right dedication. Sure. There. How do you guys weed out bad versus a good speaker? <laughs> is, do you believe in a such thing as a bad speaker? Uh, or do you always think people can be worked with? Yes, I do. To which part? You can, it's a skill set. Okay. Yeah, so not everyone's going to be LeBron James. Of course not. <laughs> you can you can be a basketball player. Sure. Um, and that the market ultimately decides. Mm -hmm. So we know what the prerequisite, the minimum requirement mm. is. We get the minimum requirement and then we put you on the stage and then the market decides. Mm. It does. I don't have to love every topic that we deal with. You don't. Um, and there are different audiences that are going to connect with different speakers. Mm. We know that. So we have the humility to say, okay. Let's take a step back. Let's see what the clients are saying. Let's see if they want to book them. Let's see if they want to have them on stage. Let's see the feedback. Mm. And then that's what de decides ultimately. Interesting. Do you, mm. do you work with, you work with the clients also as well. The people are going to hire, right? You work directly with them. Yes. Do you help them understand? Because a lot of times I realize clients might not know what they want. Which is probably actually yes. a lot of the case, I think. Yeah. Especially with, with, with HR departments, a lot of times they just want to tick a box. We have mm -hmm. this much budget for the year. We have to hire this many speakers. Let's just tick the box. I don't think that, you know, so do you do you sit down and help them formulate the brief as, as well? Or you kind of have to be like, okay, this we'll take your brief and we'll just give you what you think we think is best? Or you actually like work with the client? So we've, again, we've deconstructed the whole thing. Okay. So it can often start with, we want a motivational speaker. Sure. Can you fix a motivational speaker? Full stop. And we're going, well, yeah, I have pretty, a thousand options for pretty you. Detailed. <laughs> pretty detailed. Though. What does that mean? You motivate our audience. And then we have to go into a consultative role. Mm. Why? What's going on? What's the occasion? Mm. What do you want to achieve? And the clients that are really strategic about it, well, they will use the speaker to convey a message that, say, the CEO or the board doesn't want to convey. So they'll use them as, as a tool, mm. um, as an extension of their own voice. And that's that's quite gorgeous to see that type of strategy yeah. and alignment with the company's business. And sometimes you have to hear something several times from different voices to really sure. anchor it with the team, with the audience, with the employees. Mm. And so uh, having a speaker from that perspective is incredibly strategic. Sure. Question: Do you do you assist? Because I think you said this. Uh, I'm sorry if, if I if I'm if I'm going back a bit. Do you work with every speaker on the personal branding marketing side? No. No. Okay, fine. Okay. So we have, I have two businesses. Yes. Okay. Um, I have the online. Sure. The one we spoke about, the digital platform. Mm -hmm. And that's, 
you know, so I have a team that deals with that. Mm-hmm. And then I have the offline business, which is the agency work. Okay. Yeah. We, we have fewer on our roster that we represent. We work with them exclusively. We, we're more hands-on with them. So we help them with their PR. We help them with their positioning. Okay, fine. For those people. Uh, yeah. We're way more proactive in mm-hmm. pitching them in. Whilst the marketplace is a place to match make. Mm-hmm. The clients will choose them. Uh, they will be booked digitally. It, it all works digitally. In both scenarios, we want to make sure that everyone's improving okay. in both directions. Um, but they are ultimately two cool. different businesses. How do you market Mina speakers? Like mad <laughs> is the short answer. Very good. <laughs> From day one, that, okay. that was always the case. So whatever my budget, whatever my costs were, I would always do the same amount in marketing. Uh, do you have a marketing person handles it, or you do it yourself? I d- no, I do. I've used so I've used agencies. At one point, every third month, I changed agency, which tells you. I don't think agencies are right for you. They're not. Uh, this is coming from ex agency person, right? Yeah. So I learned that the hard way. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Agencies are not good for all all types of businesses. Yeah. Because yeah. agencies won't understand your business. Yeah, they're posting pictures. They did a fine job, but it wasn't really the type mm. of strategy we were looking for. And now I have it in-house, but okay. I will also outsource different things. So what kind of marketing do you guys do? Oh, um, I mean, obviously, Google, PPC, okay, fine. SEO, and then Instagram, Facebook. I do some copywriting as well. Okay, uh, Where our newsletters has now become a thing. Mm. And this is something I learned recently because we found a great copy guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was something I didn't understand before that you really need a good copywriter. Oh, and if you have a good copywriter, you're you're going to be building a different relationship with your audience than if you didn't. 100%. If it was up to me, I would rather have a copywriter than a guy who works on Google. Get a copywriter first. Interesting. This is coming from X agency. I wish you were, you know, I wish you would have heard this before. Copywriter was, I learned, you learned that as well. Because I come from a media buying agency world. So we always focus on media, not on content. But then when you go client side, you start to realize the difference. Yeah. So client side really um, educated me on on these things. Oh my God. Just from pure experience. Yeah. And it was interesting because I'm I'm doing the paid and the organic. Mm. So across the board. And using all the avenues, so Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, sure. and then Google, and the newsletter. And pay quite a lot to get the right newsletter format. There's, sure. It's a jungle out there, actually. How do you get uh, email lists? How, how, do, how do people, like, do people subscribe? Yeah. Okay, fine. These are clients and also any, anyone? anyone? Is there a sign-up page on the website? Yes, there okay, is. Cool. There is. Um, most of it has been clients. So when we interact with mm. them, we put them in the client thing, and then we'll keep talking to them about speakers. Um, where were we? <laughs> Marketing. Where were we? Marketing. Yes, Content. exactly. So I quite like, and this is what's nice about being, uh, I would say we're a scale-up now. We're not a startup anymore, but being small and mm. lean, um, it allows for us to experiment quite a lot. And sure. I'm all about agility and all of that. But when I'm bringing in lots of cool, creative people, like the copywriter, he's really pushed me outside my comfort zone. Okay. You know, he was just uh, so cutting edge and almost provocative with what he was saying and the way he was dealing with things and this is where i had to kind of okay take a step back Mm -hmm. let's see how this works out and let's see what the response is gonna be and getting the responses has been an interesting journey as well okay you really have to be willing to experiment to be successful in in the marketing space there is no clear formula 
Mm. I wouldn't say it's an one, two, three. It's not that, no, that clear not. what's going to work. One thing that works on a LinkedIn is not going to work on an no, Instagram or. I would say, uh, I would definitely recommend you guys to go all in on LinkedIn right now. Oh, yeah. The algorithm on LinkedIn is phenomenal. It mm. beats out every other algorithm right now. So before, so use it and before LinkedIn changes it because eventually they'll change the algorithm. And they say that the second they do that, we're all screwed. <laughs> Something's happened on LinkedIn. Like you make a post and you're getting thousands of views. You're because like, what? the algorithm is amazing. It, it's like a six degrees of separation thing. So if I, I like, so if you post something, we're connected. Mm-hmm. I like or comment, then all my network sees it. So you get your network and then my network and then everyone who likes and comments. Yeah. So you can start with a post at 100 views or 100, li- 100 what's called, uh, views, I think they call it. Yeah. And if one person likes it, end up getting 1,000 because all his network saw it, he has 15,000. Yeah. So the algorithm LinkedIn is amazing. What it's do you phenomenal. think about paid LinkedIn? Like paid I haven't LinkedIn. explored that yet. Neither have I. I don't know why I've had this I'm, sense I'm, of I'm, I'm purely focused on organic LinkedIn because my organic LinkedIn is killing it. Yeah, my podcast stories. is killing it because of because of LinkedIn. I only oh post on LinkedIn God. mainly. Yeah, because uh, I have I have like five thousand plus follow, uh, connections on LinkedIn, so I get two three thousand views on a post every post. All my all my stuff is coming organically from LinkedIn. Love it. Yeah, amazing. Yes, yeah, LinkedIn's been incredible for yeah. business. I think everyone should go all in. Facebook for us has really died Not. out. Yeah. How about Instagram? Instagram's great. Yeah. But then it's more my personal Instagram versus the mm. corporate account. Are you, We're are, doing are, both. Are you boosting posts? For sure. Okay, I haven't come across any posts. I'm not targeting you. <laughs> Fair enough. Good answer. That's the answer I was looking for. All right, cool. Uh, for Google, search is great. SEO is great. GDN, I go back and forth on GDN. It's a high CPM rate. It's a high cost. So the return oh, on your... Oh, you're speaking like Chinese okay, to me. You, I'm like a simple person. All right, cool. <laughs> you, you pay per impression, impressions every time an ad is viewed. Yeah. That's how GDN kind of works, right? Okay. Your cost per thousand impressions, your CPM, yeah. is a lot more expensive than social. I see. And not as effective. We're really happy with that. Yeah. For us, it's an ROI question. You sure? And that's really what it boils down to. Okay. So if, if that works, it works. If Fair. it doesn't, we're switching it off and pivoting somewhere sure. else. I said go, yeah, all in on LinkedIn, all in on Instagram, 100%. How, any, any YouTube? Yes, but not so successfully. Really? Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. For some reason. Cool. Yeah. Gary V. Really, I talk about this a lot too. I don't. I talk about Gary V. A lot. I'm, I agree with him and disagree with him on many things. But there's one thing that I absolutely love. He released a 86-page PDF of his content strategy. Oh my god! Genius. Was it, it was. Good? It was so simple, but so smart. I absolutely. I talk about it all the time. I use it. It's so good. He starts off with long form. He'll yeah. take his hour-long keynote, puts it on YouTube. doesn't even boost it. It's organically sitting on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Then he'll break that down into hundreds of short snippets. Yeah. And then he'll distribute those on social. Yeah. And then he'll see which ones get the most engagement. Mm-hmm. And the ones that get the most engagement, he'll take that and then maybe write a piece of art. He'll write an article about the topic of that one and then repurpose it oh over and over and over again. It's a, mach- it's a churning machine. Yeah. And he kills it. He has one of the best content strategies. Him. So the three best, I think, is him, The Rock... And Will Smith. Nice. Will Smith has an amazing content game. Are they as intentional? Yes. They are. Will Smith is hyper intentional because he kind of he kind of died out for a little bit. He kind of went in hiding. Yeah. He, he had a lot. I think he had issues in life. I don't know. He was he was working on his own growth, and he came back with a team. And their content is phenomenal. He's killing the game. He's killing the game. He is. Yeah, yeah. He is. His content game is amazing. And The Rock, The Rock's killing it. I think he was intentional from day one, The Rock. The Rock was more, he's focusing on himself kind of thing, and but he has a team as well. 
But Will Smith and Gary Vee are two guys who really invested in a team. Gary Vee has a team, Gary Vee, which is like 15 strong yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Will Smith has a has a videographer, I think his name is Westbrook, for his name, who's with him 24-7. Oh, cool. All the time. And they film nonstop. Oh, nice. Yeah, awesome. Awesome content strategy. Um, pivoting to that is how are you building your own personal brand? Because you're, you're a speaker too. Yes. Cool. How, how are you working on yes. your own personal brand? Um, same strategy. Same strategy. That we discussed before, yeah. Why don't you guys, why don't you do a Mina Speakers podcast? I hear this all the time. Why don't you? Uh, our priority. I, it's, it's very on relatable the, it's, to your it's field. It's on the agenda. It is. It's just not, it's not a priority. Mm. Right now, it's it's the business closing the deals and and running the business. Fair enough, but should, yeah. I think it should be on your top of your list for your content because very relatable. Uh, you can do a you can do a day with a speaker. We could. You can do an episode with different speakers, <laughs> yeah, and it's good. Sure. It's good branding for them. It's good branding for the show. For Every sure. day you get a different speaker that you guys have listed. Yes, for sure. Um, noted. There you go. <laughs> Thank that's, you that's for that. Free noted. idea for you guys. <laughs> See, people say I don't bring value. <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, let's wrap this up. I think we're getting to that time. Um, how can people reach out to you? How can people reach out to me as speakers? How do we get there? Great. So uh, any of our socials? Cool. At Mina, M-E-N-A speakers. Mm-hmm. Um, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. Mm-hmm. Website, subscribe, Twitter. Um, or you can reach out to me personally on Very cool. Sana Azam. Any future projects that we can talk about? Anything you're working on the coming upcoming things? Yes, we have a... What we got going on? An awesome uh, collaborative book publishing Very cool. situation happening. You're writing it? So it's we're looking for 20 authors. 20 authors, okay. Yeah, with a great story to tell. Fantastic. To when's, that, when's that plan to come out? December. This year? Yep. Fantastic. I'll, I'll, I'll be a buyer. <laughs> yes. Are we going to do an audiobook too? Um, possibly. Possibly. One step at a time. <laughs> One step at a time. Yeah. Fair enough. Cool. Well, uh, so that's exciting. Okay, that's be cool. Okay. Yeah. And then obviously the register on the platform, become a speaker. Mm. If this is something you're dreaming about, thinking about, you're welcome. The journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. Mm-hmm. Maybe that is your one step. Sure. Or first step. Your first digital step. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, guys, uh, check it out. I think it's super cool what you're doing. Thank you. I think it's really cool. I think Likewise. it's needed. Oh. I think it's needed. So uh, very happy with that. Happy to have people like you. Happy to have connected with you. Shout out. To, uh, was it your assistant? So who was it? Who connected us? Naveen. Naveen. Yes. Uh, shout out to Naveen then. And guys, so if you're a speaker get in touch if you're looking to book a speaker get in touch if you just want to say hi get in touch <laughs> Sana's super super friendly that's something that I really enjoyed super friendly from like the day, from day one uh, I think you I think you love like every one of your speakers you, you, you said something to me that was really nice that you look at every one of your speakers as like your own little child almost that you kind of they are take care of. That's, that's, that's really nice so that's really cool so guys definitely reach out uh, for this podcast we are everywhere uh, 10 plus channels we're on Rami as well check those out uh, yeah. we released on Rami only been like a couple weeks so that was the shout out to Rami team for sorting that out uh, what else well, up- upcoming things I will by the time this comes out I've already would have done the forum so whoever's listening to this hey go back and watch the forum because this is when it's going to come out uh, it'll be a, uh, the Middle East podcast forum hopefully mm-hmm. we, the, the time this uh, episode comes out I would have done that already so that's cool. Uh, find me on LinkedIn. Super active on there. Writing articles every now and then. Comes out and communicate. I'll post on LinkedIn. It's Hassan Malhaj. Instagram, Twitter is Digital Hoos. The podcast is Let's Take This Online. And we are 